Welcome to Conversations with Chuck Bennington. I'm Chuck Bennington, and I don't know it all, and I don't pretend to, but I do know that I love my son, and I want him to have a better, faster, smoother journey through the trials and tribulations of life than I had myself. So here's my documented journey, stories, lessons, and experiences that are really for you, buddy. I love you. Okay. Hey, can we go live? All right. Hey, buddy. Here we are with the family edition of the Conversations with Chuck podcast. We have Chuck with a special cameo of Liam and our special guest today, his lovely wife, Vanessa. Better half. Hi, yes. I don't know, but it's better half. She is most certainly my better half. (laughs) I don't know. I spend enough time with Chuck in the week. Uh, I'm sorry, say it again, Lisa. I spend enough um, time, you know, chatting to Chuck through the week. So, you know, this is a this is a good highlight today. So to have you on. I know I know he's been super keen for that. Um, so because we've got you on today, I thought it was a a great chance to sort of hear a little bit about your story because I know your name has come up in the podcast, but how, you know, a little bit of your life story just sure. to touch on and then maybe talk through the evolution of what you've seen um, of Chuck grow into his various roles in life. Okay. So, yeah, I um, So, where do I start? I mean, I was born in 1979. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in Louisiana. Uh, in, uh, for, I guess everybody's kind of fairly familiar with that, but it's the southern part of uh, the United States. And it's... Um, so as far as like our relationship and kind of my background, I, you know, I grew up, um, not in sports at all. I was not, my, my parents just weren't athletes and that was not a common, like it just wasn't normal for them to play sports and it wasn't, fitness wasn't really priority. So, but I, um, for some reason was, I've always been, I always wanted to be involved in something physical. And I think, um, that could have been a good or bad thing, depending on on how you think about it. But when I was in a, around uh, eighth or ninth grade, I developed an eating disorder because I I was very conscious of how I looked and my body image wasn't the best. And I am hyper visual. And I think that because my outside didn't match like the idea of what I thought was you know, attractive, I mean, to put it bluntly, I, yeah, I like, you know, I I developed like anorexia and then bulimia and I managed to somehow get myself on the cheerleading (laughs) team in high school. And so that was really my only outlet for like athletics. But um, over the years, I, of course, I developed an interest in working out. I, I got to a place where my eating disorder wasn't completely out of control, but I know I was working out and discovered CrossFit in 2008 um yeah i had a a friend a guy that came in to see me um as an injector so i do an medical aesthetics and that's the year i started and so this guy came in he was a doctor and he was like started talking about fitness for some reason he was like you should uh you should try crossfit and i had actually seen i was i was familiar with it i had seen jody bambridge on muscle and fitness hers message board (laughs) Well, there you go. Myself, I am about 100 million years old. Uh, That's so, right. We already went through me finding CrossFit yeah. through Testosterone Nation. Right. Uh, yeah, of course, we all went on those boards mm. too. Yeah. So I was familiar with it, but I was always, I remember watching, um, oh gosh, uh, who is it? 
the OGs doing. Oh my god, nasty, girl. nasty girls. Yes, yeah. that video. Same story as me, yes. even though like we hadn't even met at that point. And I remember watching that video being like, oh, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> right? Like, yeah, the, it's insane. Beast, and like I was so like, "Oh, I want to be that," but oh, that's too hard for me. I can't do that. I'm not, you know. And then a few years later, somebody was like, "You should really try it." So I had, I did, and 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 in my history, I had done a couple fitness shows, and I had done that that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I was very like it was very kind of bodybuilder split kind of stuff, but I never, you yep. know, didn't look like I, I, I didn't look how I thought I should considering how much work yep. and effort I was putting in time, really time. So anyway, I got introduced to CrossFit, and then I got on the message board and saw this handsome fella on there, and uh, <laughs> we started messaging back and forth, and I, I mean, I'm the one that initiated it. Because for some reason I have <laughs> balls when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, not mother. We, we usually do. We usually do. It's, oh it's always the way. He's cute. Yeah. Oh, let's see what happens. Vanessa no. has, through the course of our relationship and our life together, Vanessa has more often than not been the one that is the impetus for like action or a big shift in, you know, some piece yeah. of our life. I am a strange, like, I don't know, person in that, like, I really agonize over decisions and I I haven't boiled it down to if it's like certain parts of my life where I really agonize over decisions. But once I make one, I know I'm like, doing it. it. Right. right. So I I don't know. I, for some reason, uh, folks, he was just a good, he is a good guy. And I could see that. Like, he was younger than me and like, I didn't know a whole lot about him. Um, I knew he seemed like a genuinely good person and he was smart and he could write. And that's something for me that's like a non-negotiable, right? Like yeah. and, and very attractive. It's somebody that's like, in, you know, that can speak and just somebody think. smart for and sure. think, yeah. yeah. And then actually like make those, you know, <laughs> make out of their mouth in a way that everybody can understand it. And so he was, right. uh, yeah. She had a good laugh. She liked it. He was really, yes. Uh, we built this boat this morning, by the way. This uh, is my that's first awesome boat. This major, is the first Lego project this has ever done. Before. That's first. that's a life goal ticked right there. I don't I don't know that I've ever done a Lego project. So yeah, it wasn't too. Bad. And the dinosaurs. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Here. All right, Bubba. So, so anyway, I just really, yeah, I saw a good person and mm. and he happened to be cute and he happened to work out and he had a cute pit bull. And I was like, Tick. send it. Yeah. Yeah. What happens? Yeah. And it, it's funny, isn't it, that you can get, uh, I, I know Chuck and I have talked on some of his earlier podcasts, like I've never met you guys, you know, in person. You're thousands and thousands of kilometers away, yet, you know, I can see through... Um, you know, how much family means to you guys and how much joy you get from, you know, each other and family just from, you know, what you can see and read and, and the values that you just subconsciously even put out there at times. So it's sometimes you can get to know people better, like virtually, I guess, than, than you know, sitting next to them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And I think Chuck probably mentioned this, and I, I know it's certainly true, we've talked about it, is that we, because we didn't meet in real life, it was, we were forced to like really talk and get to know each other before we met in person. And so that, you know, cause I, th- I think especially now, like people tend to like with all the, like, especially with the apps now, just like the hookup apps mm. and like, script, skip straight to like 
the good part. Or yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and you don't really like, it's like all of a sudden you're like in a relationship with somebody that you relationship with somebody you barely really know. Right. Yeah. You, you have a yeah, relationship, but do you actually know that person? And like, yeah. I, like I knew a whole lot about him. Of course I know, mm. you know, it wasn't, I didn't know everything I needed to know or should know, but I knew more than I think probably anybody I'd ever actually gone on a real date with yep. well, uh, prior to that yeah, relationship. I, Get I that superficial, about, yeah. small talk. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I didn't know much about any of the superficial, like, you know, small We had a lot stuff. of like deep conversations about a yeah. lot of more like controversial more difficult abstract conversations because at some point over the course of four months of just a you know a long distance relationship like man talking about the weather especially when you live in texas and florida like you just there has to be substance but as as i listen to you guys talk about it i think something that's interesting that maybe i hadn't appreciated as much before is that we both wanted the same like destination. We both wanted like the same vacation. We hadn't figured out the flight yeah. or the route, but for the first time yeah. in either of our lives, it didn't seem like we were crazy to want the life that we wanted to like have the identities that we aspired to because yep. really, I guess prior to that, there was so many people that looking back now were just like very fixed mindset, very close minded not mm. just in like this the typical social sense of closed-minded not not that but also just mm. their mind was closed to possibility their mind was closed to like belief and change <gasps> if you had an idea they'd be the quickest to tell you like why it wouldn't work and like she just nurtured yeah. my dreams in a way that nobody ever had and like i don't know believed in me before i believed in myself and it was easy to imagine a life together anyway mm. sorry and and yeah do you, and mutual. do you think that that it's easier to be able to have those uh conversations you know in writing or you know with that distance of phone rather than you're meeting somebody for tacos for the first time you're like so tell me about your life dreams it's 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 it, it, yeah. it, it kind of feels safer doesn't it to have that little arm's length to go to it think does. about your replies it does I, yes i i think it depends like i think maybe some people would be more comfortable in real life but for me i've always been better when i can write something out and yep. think about it a little bit and i'm more in that form i am more authentic right mm -hmm. like in yeah. real life sometimes i tend to like kind of try to you know, I, I read into body language or I read into like, like mm. how I'm feeling like, you know, too much. I get a little too anxious, a little too nervous. And so sometimes I like, I fill in gaps too much with things that I think the other person wants to hear. And so, but if I can write it out, like, I don't, I don't feel those things so much. And so it affects mm. like what I'm actually saying and I can really like be more authentic. So yeah, in yeah. writing, I am more myself. And, yeah. so, and when you're not seeing the other person's little tiny little, Body language and facial things, where yeah. you're halfway through saying something, you go, oh, they think I'm an idiot. Hold on a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's Too like, far. Your mind does you, that. You just to doing it. Like you said at the start, it's like, well, just send it. Just, just oh, send it. Yeah. Like, it. And, and it's funny how you can get a feeling about some someone, right? Mm. Even when you're not in the same room with them, like you said, like sometimes you yeah. get to know people um, in that way mm. better than you can in real life because we're not putting on a show. Yeah. 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 
Maybe that was more the case back then, but it, yeah. I, I don't think know. that, yeah, I'm, as I'm listening to you guys talk, and maybe like this is helpful for Liam in the future, I think that if you look at more challenging conversations as a skill, would it make more sense that you would be better at that skill when there's like less emotional impact and when you can measure your responses and when you can delete and edit and think mm -hmm. and rethink yeah. and like go through there several times and build several like stories and contexts in your head and be like, all right, mm -hmm. well, you know, it's just, you have to be better at having hard, challenging mm. conversations to have them in the moment where there is an immediate response time, where there is a ton of variables to negotiate. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've all said those things to somebody and then gone, oh, no, that's not what I, how I meant it to come out. Or, <laughs> you know, you just just change feet in your mouth and you're like, no, it sounded way better in my head. Whereas if you'd had time to process the full context and yeah. thoughts, you go, okay, this is what I meant to say or this is what I feel. And yeah. 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 Absolutely. So you and Chuck have had um, lived pretty much – a lot of life adventures that, that couples live, like you've done business <laughs> together, fitness together, parenting together, like, you you know, building houses, moving uh, um, many times from what I, I well, gather. The most, move, I <laughs> moving many yeah. times, building houses many times. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah. you know, it's all those sort of things can either make or break you know, Chuck was talking about when you were pregnant with Liam and how there was the hurricane and it was like, nope, we're not we're not doing this anymore. We've got to and you just go, Okay, let's you know, a lot of people that would be a big divisive thing. We're going, we've got this stability here with our business, yeah, um, with the with the gym and this is where we thought our future was. Now we're just gonna do what? And yeah. um the fact that you guys can and I know it's an overused term at the moment, pivot, you know, quite quite quickly go okay no this doesn't suit our life anymore this is what we're doing for our little tribe even though you know it, it yeah. was kind of on the way we were pivoting before it was cool uh, <laughs> so yeah i mean i think something that's always helped us and it's probably it's a it's a really interesting timely podcast episode and like in a lot of things in our own lives and like in a very big universal yeah. sense but i think something that's helped us with the decision making process of what might seem like, you know, bigger, braver dreams is it's very easy to have the belief structure in place that like, well, what you're doing presently, you can always go back to because you know that like, you can do whatever it is that you're doing. So like, if it's reasonably comfortable, and the pain's not too great, like you can always chance it because like, you could always go and get the same position replicated in a lateral move, like you could always build another business to the same level that your skill set is like, it's mm. Yeah, but I, a lot of people don't don't see it that way. I don't think. I, I remember that was the advice you gave me when I was closing the affiliate. You're like, you can always open another gym. Like it's well, and like, that you can never do that. It might be right. Like, what if you could do it all over again, knowing what mm. you know now, with no trauma, no baggage, like nobody yeah. from the decision making process, just build the magic wand dream from minute number one. Yeah. That's and so right. That's like when that becomes the worst case scenario, you're like, eh, yeah, you know what? Actually, even if this other thing went terribly, coming right back here with the clean wow. state, with all the lessons learned, yeah. that might actually not be that bad of a thing. And if I'm supposed to end up there, like, okay. Yeah. It's it's an interesting um concept. But I guess for you, Vanessa, is through all those sort of evolutions and 
you know, I guess developing and evolving dreams as you go and what you think your life is going to look like and what you both want out of life. How have you seen Chuck sort of grow into those various roles from the, the cute dude on the message boards who liked a bit of fitness? Uh, yeah. And so <laughs> I think, you know, I, when I first met him, and he, I, he was, you know, I mean, if you've gone through all of this, he was like repairing and repelling off the side of buildings, right? Like cleaning, yeah. repairing windows, that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know. I like, I saw a lot of potential in him. Um, and then I feel in a way, like I, I knew he was capable of so more. It, it was, I didn't even consider like what he was not capable of. It was never a question of like, can he do this? It was like, why well, haven't you already done this? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess I, I like, I literally did not. A, occurred to me that he wasn't going to be something more than what he already was. And I loved him like so much that that wasn't like, you know, I think a lot of, and this is probably why a lot of relationships fail is people like they kind of size up, you know, their, their potential life partner in terms of like how much, you know, how good a provider is he? Like, will he be? Well, like, is he, is he a lawyer? Is he a doctor? Does he have a degree? Is his family got money? Yada, yada. And I've just never been able to like lead in that way. I can't, I can't. When I try to, I can't. I try to make logical decisions. And when I do, it's terrible. And so like, I hate it. And I'm like, this is not what I thought it would be. And I can't, I cannot do it. So I, and in, you know, romantic relationships I really haven't had that many but the ones that I've had I mean really he's I mean all of them up to them I like I they just weren't right and yeah. so I knew he was right and then I've seen him develop from like the person he was into the person that he could be and so it started with the, like coaching and um he was amazing and right from the get-go everybody really was like he just has a way of connecting with people and making people feel special and I knew that already you made me feel special. Thank you, Brad. Um, and so, and it was just a natural process. He went from coach to like, you know, coaching for the gymnastics team or the uh, gymnastics course. And uh, it, and the whole time I just saw him, like I said, like it wasn't even like I had to like, watch you grow oh, much i mean you did but it was like i already knew it was there so I was like, yeah, of course he's doing great i mean everybody loves him and it and it's something like i know i remember the one of the first times i saw him actually coach an entire course i was like jesus like wow like, <laughs> impressive you know when you see somebody that's mm. just doing like mm. the thing that like they're meant to do to like help yeah. people and and i don't want to say coach gymnastics because like that's so no. amazing it's not coaching that's, gymnastics it's that's just a vehicle yeah that's just a vehicle yeah. touching people's lives and making them feel like they're capable of doing more because they are that's yep. what he did for me i was really his first student i think like it was like you know it was like he was like so supportive and he made me think that i could do things that i never would have considered like i was very i have in my core, I am like a dreamer and like an artist and a, like a very free spirit. But I was raised in an environment in which I was like, you know, my mom encouraged that, but not really as like a livelihood, right? It's like you need a job, yeah. job. And, and because yeah. of like financial security was always a problem. Like I was like, 
Ooh, I gotta have I like that's a big story for me. That's a big fear. It's like like you know loss of like financial security because I did have that. Mm. Um, and so I I played it very by the rules, and I was like, well, I need a job. I will always have a, you know a way to make money, and I I do have that. I went into nursing, um, yeah. and even I I got my first degree in exercise science because that's what I loved, and then I went back and I got a second bachelor's in nursing, and then a master's in nursing. And, um, and I thought, you know, this is just, it's secure and that's what I should be doing. And he was the first person to make me think like, why don't you like own a business or do something more? And I was like, oh, that's for people that are, I don't know what better, smarter, have more money, have more something so than me. interesting yeah. to hear you say it. Cause I remember the first time we had that conversation, I was on my phone and like my side yard and we were talking in the evening and I like it was the same conversation that I was just having previously like hey well why did you go to nursing you know she's like well because there's always going to be a job like right so you can do whatever you want because like you've got the perfect backup like the thing that you intended the safety net that's always there no matter what so like you you accomplish that goal and that goal never dissipates in any value like at any point in your Mm. life you'll always be able to in short order go into like a better employee mm-hmm. position than most people right so and I, it was a tangent but yeah i mean over the years i've just seen him no, i think that was a good thing yeah really because fine. it's interesting listening to both of you talk that you saw more in chuck than what maybe he saw and what he could do and he's done exactly the same for you in you know that way it's like right. you're like i need this and and you know I'm, I'm not i need to be responsible in these things and chuck's like well you can do anything and you've You've kind of done that for each other, like sitting external to that and, and looking at that. That's you've virtually just said the same story about each other, which is very cool. Well, like the hero's journey is the same for everybody in some foundational sense. Like the hero meets a guide who gives them a plan and calls them to action and like moves mm. them through belief over a bridge of trust. So like it's Yeah. Yeah, we were Yeah. We were each other's, yep. like, I think, first kind of more mentor relationship. And I hadn't, yes. like, ever thought about it intentionally that way. But, like, that was a lot of what it was, was challenging. And possibly and belief in, and the, like, yeah. in the safest space possible as well, in the confines of this is my person. So mm-hmm. if if he or she is telling me something, then it's there's not, no nothing behind it, no hidden agendas. It's just yeah. for my my growth and my for for our growth right and i think for both of us it was like well this is sounds just like like it just gave me a confidence i didn't have before i was like is somebody this smart and this like Mm. you know caring and uh, you know this cute thinks that i'm capable and attractive (laughs) and believes in me then well mine yeah i don't know maybe (laughs) maybe they're not lying because you know that's always you're like oh they're just blowing smoke you know like yeah they're just saying it's too nice and I still struggle yep. with that a little bit. But yeah, um, but yeah, it was. And that's the stories from, you know, both of you have had, you know, clearly past relationships and past experiences have built up a, a data bank of stories in your head about who you are and what you're worth. And then you meet this other person who's the antithesis of all of that. And you're like, you can choose to either believe it or a lot of people just don't. They just go, oh, that can't be true because I've I've been told this, this and this my entire life. and every other relationship has shown me. So they move away from that, whereas you guys leaned into that, which is 
you know, a phenomenal strength as well. It was, yeah, it was a really interesting, like, and it still is, but that was like a really like, yeah, it was just, it was a really magical time. Like, like to be, we were really like, you know, that like caught up in the whirlwind, mm. like a whirlwind yeah. romance. It was like really, and still is like, I feel like we very much so have like a storybook, but the longer you go, the mm. more you realize like the storybook romance is like, it has struggles. It has like ups mm. and downs and, you know, challenges, but that's like what makes it cool and interesting. And yeah. it's like, you know, at the end of your life, you're like, Jesus, we did a lot. Yeah. We did a lot. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, you know, I've been in relationships where you don't argue and you don't fight and you don't, it's yeah. just, you just, yeah. there's no yeah, it's all right. common purposes. There's none of that. It just, and you think, oh, it'd be great never to have any conflict. But then you realize conflict is where the growth, growth, growth is. If it's yeah, yeah. If there's, healthy there's and meaningful. Yeah. No and it's a story. Like there's. Yeah. Yeah. It's how could you not talk like with the person that you spend all day, every day with, how could you not have challenging conversations? How could you not disagree about things and like actually work to find ways to resolve it? You know? Yeah. It's and because you're choosing, you know, that um, above all else, it doesn't matter what the particular conflict is. That's your person and nothing's going to shatter that. So you're like, well, we're just going to find a way through it because there's no, there's no so, other option. This is this is what's happening. Um, Vanessa, did you grow up with uh, siblings or a bigger family or smaller family? I, I have a, a nice, like an like normal average. I, I have a brother, so I have one sibling. Yeah. So I guess. Okay. Like, yeah. Cool. We're a little on the smaller side, but not, I guess pretty typical. Yeah. Um, that's okay. Mm-hmm, and he's uh, about four years younger than me, so. Nice. So, you know, you've, you've grown up with siblings. Chuck um, was, you know, essentially an only child mm-hmm. and, you know, had very different, I guess, role modelling with his background with um, his stepfather and, you know, biological father and, and so on and so forth. How have you seen Chuck's evolution into being, you know, a dad oh, and growing into that role? Because I know that he, we spoke on on an episode where we did about this, where he was like initially thought that's not something I could, I'm capable of doing. Oh yeah, you know I yeah we we talked about like you know if we don't I guess we never ruled it out we for sure never ruled it out never mm. um but it was one of those things because I'm older I'm like five years older than him and so it's one of those things that was like I knew because I was like you know I'm getting older and. If, we can't have babies yeah. then that that would be okay. We had talked about it. We weren't going to make it like a big ordeal if it didn't happen. Mm. Um, but the fact that like, I'm, I'm so glad we did. He is, yep. he is an excellent father. He really is. Yep. And, and Liam, yep. I don't, he, I, and thank God he will never know <laughs> what it's like to not have a dad that, that, mm interested and doesn't love him or care for him i mean like he chuck takes every opportunity to like make sure that he plays with him and does all of the the little things you know that like Mm. i think you see like you know people at the playground or whatever they're you know out and they just Mm. they kind of watch their kids which is fine but he like chuck is so involved right yeah and then he is a very intentionally like he intentionally parents and I think we both do it's just very much so we talk about it all the time it's like are we doing the right thing like you know mm. do we need to change this out of the other how are we you know how are we going to deal with this yeah, issue 
And so, yep. yeah, he's, I can't imagine like having a husband that was any other way. My dad was very excited mm. to be a dad and he was very involved and very <laughs> Your happy dad about loves it. Being yeah. a dad. That was that's been so very, very cool for me to see. Yeah. So I think that I, you know, probably subconsciously part of me, you know, was attracted to like, I saw a similar, like something in Chuck that was, I knew, I know mm. I did. I remember the very first day that I messaged him and I, I sent a message to my dad. What did I say? I was like, I, 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 I knew that there was something special about him. And mm. I think my dad had sent me like a saint, like the somewhere over the rainbow. Uh, who's the guy that sang it? The Hawaiian guy. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. The yeah. He's died now. But yeah, he, my dad had sent me that clip and Chuck sent me the same thing within like a day or Whoa. two. Later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, that's that's interesting, right?" And then yeah. I said something to my dad about it, and and I was like, yeah. "Yeah, I just I have a a funny a feeling about this guy. I wish I knew exactly mm. what I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was something like that because I just knew I was like, this guy's he's special. He reminded me of my dad. My dad's very, you know, he's just very he cares, and you know, mm. and, and my mom has always said that he was so excited about having a family, and he wanted to have mm. kids." And my yep. dad, un, like, you know, my dad, my dad's dad was around and he wasn't absent, mm. but both sides of our family have, you know, um, alcohol abuse, substance abuse issues. And so his mm. dad drank a lot, I think when he was younger, by the time I was a kid, it was, you know, he wasn't doing that and he was, at home, you know, everything was okay, mm. but he grew up and he didn't have a lot of money and he, uh, I, I think he had to be a grown up before he really mm. should have. And so- yep. I think there was a part of him that wanted to create a different experience for his kids. And he was really mm. ex excited to do that. And he did. I yep. had a wonderful childhood in a lot of ways. Um, in that way, I never didn't feel loved. I never had to yep. worry if my dad left me. Um, yep. And so Chuck has been, you know, that and then so much more. So intentional and so thoughtful. And so like, you know, just, yeah, it's just a really amazing father. So, because my, my next question would have been, is, is that something that, you know, given Chuck's experiences that it surprised you that they came out and so easily within him to just be so present with Liam and so engaged with Liam and he's, he's you know, like I said, I've only seen him engaging with Liam on the socials or on our podcast where he makes an appearance, but, yeah. you know, it's, you can tell it's, it's not like, He's just going through the motions. It's, he's in that moment, like, you know, with him yeah. and with you yeah. when you guys are doing stuff as a, as a, as a trio. Yeah, no, I, did I ever, I, I didn't ever wonder and I don't know, maybe I should have, but I didn't. Yeah, uh, I think she got to see me coach. Enough. Yeah. And yeah. I think that like, you know, that's, that's very much so how I try to intentionally parent and intentionally father is like really can I help guide you towards like a better future and like be truly helpful? And I think she got to see me do that with hundreds and hundreds of people for years and years yeah. and years. It's like, well, mm -hmm. 
I know that he cares very much so about other people. So this is a pretty easy one yeah. to care a whole lot about. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, yeah, there was no indication that he wouldn't be attentive or be happy or be, you know, excited about having a child. And, mm. and yeah. So, and he, yeah, I didn't, he didn't let me down. So, yeah. Oh, definitely not. He's, yeah. you know, out of, uh, you know, lots of people that I know and I've seen, he's probably one of the most, um, fun, I guess, and, and engaged dads that, you know, I've seen when he's, you know, doing that, he's present and has the ability to switch off emails, social media, whatever, and just to be, you know, doing that adventure. So that's, you know, that's been very cool to see. But it's it's just interesting how Chuck has been able to, and I, I'm speaking about you like you're not here, Chuck, but you are, um, have been able to, you know, get past the, the role modelling that you had um, to, to then be completely a, a 360 version of that. And my original intent on the call with um, that we're going to cover, but we'll talk about it on Friday, Chuck, is about, you know, whether you consciously or subconsciously are, are undoing those stories to make Liam's path a little better than the path. Well, that you know, it's very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's, and that, like that's the nature of the entire like podcast as a whole. It's like, you know, what are all the things that for, you know, most of my life I wish that I knew some piece mm. of my dad's like thoughts, wisdom, guidance, experience. Just, you know, like that mm. I think that that's a uh, a very archetypical piece of like the human experience in some kind of way is just like those those loops of a paternal influence that were just left so open that in being really intentional it's like it's like coaching development right like so if you recognize that everybody in your gym was bad at snatching you'd be like well i guess i need to improve my ability to help people snatch i need to figure it out like in whatever capacity or context and so was it was like what are all the things that i've got like some unfinished business some open loops some lack of closure or just like hey what are all the things that we're missing for a very long time in a knowing way that if i have the ability to fill in the gaps if i have the ability to fill in the blanks or at least give you know here's a couple of multiple choice answers that work for like these frameworks belief systems mm. ideas or at least like this is this is if nothing else not to give advice but like this is what i've suffered through and like this is how it came to be and this is why i made the decisions i did and this is what happened mm. it's interesting that a lot of people tend to fall back on the you know when they struggle to you know lead a different path to how they grew up they're always very well i wasn't shown a better way well you're a perfect example of, well, no one showed me the way, but I just figured it out and was intentional about, you know, developing that. And maybe that's like a very cool framework to mentally process is like, that's what I'm trying to do for Liam is not show him the way, but show him how to find a way. Mm. Like, how can yeah. you actually work to approach relationships in a life where you can cultivate a better way forward even if it is the most you know traditional stereotypical western white middle class like life that he ever ends up having like you mm. can have much much better and much much worse experiences of the same exact objective set of circumstances yeah 
but a lot of people tend to just be defined by their circumstances, not either use that as a lever, a lever that they can pull to go forward. A very long conversation about this last <laughs> night, yeah. actually. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and I don't know. Universe. Yeah. Doing yeah, universe things. Like, basically, I think, like, like fixed mind state versus, like, you know, mm. inner, like growth, growth you know, orient mm. mind state. And I think you can change those things, like, for sure. Um, but I think there are probably families that nurture that kind of like, you know, mindset mm. more. And then I For think sure. there, are, there are people that are just more, you know, they just, they, they're more and more able to imagine a different mm. and better way. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and like I. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of something. I, uh, my parents, it's very interesting because they were very. Um, in a way, they're very fixed, right? In a way, they're very fixed. Like with their, my mm. mom and her health. Um, it's just, mm. oh, this is just the way it is. And like, you know, my mm. back is broken. Spinal. My back is broken. <laughs> no, and you know, and like there's mm. that. But then they never, they were always like, you can do anything you want to do. You can be mm. anything you want to be. And like, you're so smart. You're so capable. And so I got that message from myself, which maybe in hindsight is kind of sad that they didn't think that was possible for them, but they thought it was possible for me. Um, well, but we also so, talked about that last night. That like it's often easier though to yeah uh, to yeah. push it out onto somebody else than yeah. to accept it for yourself. Like yeah. you know, it's easier for us to believe in others more than we might right. believe in ourselves. Right, and you know, and because it does, like it's 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 hard work, and I think like you know, telling someone else that they are capable <laughs> kind of absolves you of your like, you yeah. know, having to do the work to make the changes. But yes, but for me, it was like something that I was so, um, I was so unhappy, uh, mm. you know, with, which is, you know, a good or bad. I was so unhappy with what my life was or who I thought I was that mm. I was willing to, I was like, I will, something will change. I can accept mm. nothing else. Like I, and, and that was like, it started with my body. I remember having a conversation with my mom. Um, I went in, we were buying back to school clothes and we were in the gap and I, I wish I still had this t-shirt, this t-shirt with sun on it. It was cool. But anyway, I was trying to buy jeans and I, you know, I was trying on sizes and I was like, I don't want to buy those. I don't want to buy that size. And cause I, I was just, whatever, I was going to do something. I never dieted or anything in my life, but my mom was like, you just wait till you're my size. And I was like, oh. it could be ugly, but like, I was just like, no, no. Mm. I won't, I won't, I'm not going to like, it is not an inevitability. I can do something about this. And, mm. you know, take, for, for good or bad, I did, um, develop you know that's kind of where my mm. dieting thing and I, and I went off the rails with it and got way too skinny and unhealthy but but it, that's kind of like that was one of the ways that kind of I started seeing like absolutely not I can, I am in control of of my life and that's the mm. way I took control I took control of my body because that's what I could mm. control at the time my food and then there was another instance and like golly this is a lot of stuff going on right now uh See, my cool this for my yeah my mom and, and and my mom sounds like a bad person. She's really not. Not at all. She's not. Yeah. Um, but she but she challenged you. She actually made me grow in a whole lot of ways because she challenged yeah. me. And I was like, nope. Um yeah. I in middle school, like I said, I somehow managed to be a cheerleader. Well, I never take gymnastics, I never take dance, I 
literally, I just jumped on my trampoline and played with my brother and my cousins who are boys. So maybe that had something with it. But <laughs> I, I, I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to try out for cheerleading. And mm. I practiced my butt off and like I, and I, I made the team and later on she, and, and I was a cheerleader all the way from middle school through high school. And she, later on, she was like, I did not think that you were going to make the team. I did not mm. didn't think that you would, and, but I did. And, and that, that was like, again, that was part of it. that. Those though, that and the eating were all within the same late year or two. Right. Um, yep. at that I was probably 11, 12, maybe 13. And, um, and that was part of like, at that point in time, I realized that like, I was in control of what happened to me. Those, those, mm. you know, small things like getting on the cheerleading team and, and, and changing my food and losing weight. Like I was like, all of a sudden I was like, you can change, you can do, you have the yeah. power and ability. Right. Like to do anything. Yeah heard that from my parents in a lot of ways too but that was the mm. first time i think i had like taken experience something mm. done something about it so i don't know I do don't you know. find uh, interestingly that if um for you vanessa if, are you the sort of person that if someone says no you can't do that you're like oh hell yes i can and i will <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i don't get that a whole lot anymore but yeah maybe somebody <laughs> could tell me that um, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was actually there was <laughs> that was a big piece of, I think, kind of what bonded us like earlier on is we both found a lot of motivation from probably in Great some ways, like out. not the healthiest place, but yeah. it was mm. it was effective. But, you yeah. know, you need you need heaven to mm. reach for and hell to escape, escape. from. You, you really need, need hell you to know, escape yeah. from. You need pain yeah. to like crystallize mm. discontent to make a change. And, mm. you know, it's, it can go too far. And that's where you end up, you know, really disordered. And me with like drugs and alcohol, her with an eating disorder, like the mechanisms of doing a thing. Yeah. Mm. I think, you know, because, yeah, that was kind of how we, it was a negative like catalyst that, you know, mm. made me change. And same, I guess, for you. Uh, but as you get older, you find those negative catalysts that yes, they get you moving and they, they've certainly worked for us. And I think it works for a lot of people. I think you do have to be so uncomfortable that you can't stay in the current situation. Mm. Like it's too uncomfortable to be there anymore. So you have to change. But then as you get older, you find you're like, well, I'm not really like that uncomfortable anymore. Right. Like I'm like, yeah. it hurts that much. So then you have to kind of reinvent how you your mo where your motivation comes from. And it's, and, and, and the thing is you find that that negative stuff that you're running from, it's it follows you. Mm. Yep. But it becomes its own but, like, limitation. Yeah. Because yes. you're putting yourself in the same situations over and over and over again. And you're like, here's that this stupid situation. I don't want to be in. Any and here I am again. Why does this keep happening? And so yep. then you're like, okay, so I have to find something different. You know, mm. there, I can't keep doing this over and over again. And that's yeah. really what I am in my life. I've, I finally come to the point where the negative calibers, it's not working. I can't keep running from that. I've got to find a different way to be motivated about something. So, yeah, yep. you know, yeah. And I think it's, some kids are probably lucky enough to grow up in households where they're like, I don't really have a negative catalyst. And good for them. They don't yeah. have to like. Okay, he disagrees. Well, I mean, I think there probably are because, like, I, I want to yeah. think that we're doing a good job. Daddy did not say that for Daddy said, hmm. <laughs> Daddy's made a noise. But you know, 
I think I I think personally, and this is part of like the podcast as well, is to to evolve thoughts and thinking over time. Um, I believe that that is the reason that the constructs of heaven and hell exist in all religions is that you need both yeah. because inevitably mm. you will always reach some point where like. I am no longer in the amount of pain that drove me to the present that I have created, but to make the future, I have to reconceptualize pain. Like, okay, mm. in this season of life, it's existential. Yeah. It's like, man, we got a we got a nice house. Like, we we eat well, we feel good. Like, life is mm. objectively very very well. So, the suffering is only that which we create that is subjective. And so, I believe that like you need the positive and negative influence because you can. You can have mm. the world objectively, but if you're miserable, then yeah, then you're like miserable. you have to have a way to understand it. And so I guess that like that would be my thought is you have to have some of the negative influence in order to have the ability to have the awareness of it. Otherwise, like you're just suffering. You're like, I don't know why I feel bad all the time. That's probably most people that just yeah, just know, sit in a hole, flounder. But yeah. I, I, don't know. I think you need both, but it would. It would be better if we more often were encouraged in the positive, that it wasn't so necessary to crystallize discontent and pain and frustration, anger and all the negative emotions. But I think the things that are necessary because most people are lacking the belief, because if you really did believe, then you would just go for it. Like if you knew that if you knew that your online course would sell a million units at a million dollars in a thousand days, like you would be so motivated and like bulletproof and <laughs> bringing that to life. Yeah, because you, like, you would I know. That's why we need the we need the pain and the discontent yeah. to crystallize us past our own beliefs. Because it's like when we had you know exploration on a global scale when they were sailing across the Atlantic Ocean, mm. man. <laughs> There is big elements of like, what is it that you believe, but also like, how painful is this present situation of, in that Mm. case, like not knowing. Yeah. Like to be driven mad by the idea of like, we don't know what happens. What, when we just go West, we have no idea. And like, (laughs) I will never be able to die happy not having that resolved. So like, let's figure it out. Um, Yeah. That's a very different pain. Cause like, you know, whatever. Uh, Yeah. I'm rambling. (laughs) No. No, it makes it, it makes sense. I think um, you know it's it's just an ev- evolution as we grow and we age and we we learn how we apply some of that stuff to understanding ourselves better and what drives us and what intrinsically pushes us forward. But then adding in a family dynamic where you've got you know partners and and kids and it's like okay, how do we move as one unit through this now, not just you know individual beings and how does that fit within the family okay yeah so i mean that was part of the catalyst for moving here is that um you know when you have a child that certainly changes your priorities it's like you you know we can't live in the gym anymore uh you know we work at the time but like you know it was you just, have to move forward you cannot move yeah backwards. yeah and like yeah. you start to set harder boundaries which is super helpful i think i think that mm. if when you have a little person to like consider and it's not you because, mm. you know, we'll treat our crap. Like, you know, we'll, we'll treat ourselves like crap. It was like somebody said last night, they had a life coach that told them, I, I treat my neighbor like myself or I love my neighbor like myself. So I killed him. Yeah. 
So neighbor like thyself, yeah, so I kill them. Yeah. Right? Like, like, because we can oh. we will be so brutally like just mm. horrible to ourselves. Like we won't give mm. ourselves the things that we would, you know, consider absolutely essential for a kid. But for us, we're like, mm. I, I I'm okay. I don't need that. I, I don't mm. you know, I don't actually I don't need the pay raise. I don't need you to paint me well. I don't need you to treat me well. But then as soon as mm. you have a child, you're like, this is a hard, absolute, non-negotiable. This mm. has to happen or I can't work for you. I can't work with you. I can't do this, that, mm. or the other. And so that like, so that was, you know, I want to be closer to my parents. So we moved here and, and Chuck was like, it wasn't even a thing. It was just like, yeah, okay. Like I mean, we'll sort already, it out, you know? We already moved. Yeah. And we had already moved twice in Fort Worth and then down to Houston. And then to Florida and, then to Florida, and all over. And yeah. we moved probably like four or five times within Florida. Yeah. You know, we'd been through multiple jobs, multiple roles and positions. And something I didn't think about is we had Mr. We had his pit bull. And like <laughs> if anybody has a pit bull, you know, like you, you can't just live anywhere. They no. won't live a lot of places. And so we had already made um a lot of concessions. We would we lived in really weird places because of Mr. That was it. And that like, was it that was, was like, negotiable. It was like, like well that's the, okay. Yeah. Family over everything. We never considered getting rid of him. That was like never even mm. discussed. Um it was just like, well, okay, we just can't live there and then we have to live somewhere else. And yep. so that was a lot of the reasons that we moved so much really was Mr. And so mm. we had Liam, I guess like of course, like I mean we moved for Mr. So of course we would like move for Liam. And we mm. would do whatever we needed to make sure that we were providing for him. And so um, I moved here and I had um, a good job opportunity. I got it while I was pregnant. And so um came here and it was, uh, yeah, like, I mean, ever since, I think we've just, we've made, we've, we talk a lot. We always have. And we continue to do that. And so every decision is a decision that we talk about, like, as a family, like, how does that impact him, me, Liam, you know, mm. all of us? I, and that's kind of, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know any other way, right? Like that's the only well, way it's got to be. I, I wouldn't consider anything else. So, but yeah, and it works. And that, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's what works. And, you know, a lot of people will go through life where it's, they're in a relationship or have a family, but they're still very self-orientated. It's like, well, everyone needs to just get on board and, and come along with me and particularly, you know, you see it a lot with in the elite performance fields of sport and stuff. Like everyone's yeah. just kind of got to go with that, or or military, I guess. But yeah, you know, okay. um, even in general life, some people are still very self-centric, and it's like, oh, I just they find it very hard to adjust to not being able to do what they want when they want, how they want. When it's like, oh yeah, but we've got you know X, Y, and Z to do. So it's yeah. it's a really powerful tool that you guys grasped early on, and you know, maybe Mister was your teacher for a lot of that stuff to prepare you for a, there a is, psychotic four-year-old. Truth in that, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. I think some people, you know, because we both make money and we both like, you know, we're both contributing. I think like I could see, whereas if I was I was not working, where I'd be like, well, I mean, you know, if we need to move for your job, we move for your job, like right, like it would be yeah. more that way. Um, but at the same time, like you know, you've heard the like cliche things. It's not 50, 50, it's like a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like you don't give mm. 50 in a relationship. You do give yep. your everything to that relationship. And that continues. That's true. Like you can't just be like, Oh, well I'm doing this and you're doing this. 
like, let's make it a, like, keep scores and, like, make sure everybody's contributing equally. I mean, mm. to agree, we are always in keeping each other in check a little bit, but not, like, not to the point where I'm, like, we've ever made yeah. any decisions based off of, like, right? Like, I think so. Have we been? It's interesting that, you know, yeah. you bring it up because I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it while I was taking a poop this morning. Oh. Actually, I was drinking my coffee and I was reading The Greatest Salesman on Earth. Um, and it's funny because I was thinking that like we've never not found compromise and middle ground. In the entire course of our relationship, there's never been a single instance that I could think of that one of us has had to settle for what the other one wanted and like their set of desires because... I think from the very beginning, not only was the the conversation so open and engaged with like looking forward, yeah. but hmm. if we can't get the other person who's more on our team than anybody else in the whole planet, like if we can't get them on board with an idea, like, well, okay, maybe it's not a good idea, or maybe you don't hmm. understand the idea, or maybe it really is just kind of like a selfish dick move, but... Mm. As far as I know, like there hasn't been a single thing that I can think of where one of us has ever just like conceded defeat, so to speak. Like mm. really just any, just, yeah. like furniture, dinners, like I, vacations, <laughs> like parent interactions. I think that mm. not that it's yeah. been not that it's been simple, but like not. I think that as far as as far as I can really wrap my head around, we've we have yet to ever not be able to find the emotional and logical compromise where like it feels good and it's the right decision. And I think that that's, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, project forward 10 years, 20 years with Liam, like the conversations that you guys are able to have with yourselves and, and to come to those decisions together and knowing how reflective you both can be is, you know, the power of the conversations you will have with him when he's old enough to process those. And I mean, you have, you know, quite, you know, you know, in-depth conversations at his level with him now, and he understands probably a lot more than your average kid, or even though he might not be aware of it. But down the track is like, I was just thinking about if, you know, 20 years' time we put Liam on the podcast, like, you know, because that's what we'll be doing, clearly. Um, and I'm sure his reflection is, oh, yeah, my my mum and dad talked all the time. And we, as a family, made decisions together and we talked all the time. And as Liam becomes older, it'll be, well, how does this affect you, Liam, as well, rather than just how does it affect us as as the responsible adults? And that's a, that's an amazing gift. Well, and we we think about like the it's a little bit of a mind f mm -mm. the idea that like he will never know how good he has it and had it until he's on the other side of it. And that doesn't mean that there's not a million other things that we could do a million percent better. Yeah. But he's not going to realize that a lot of this, I, I do recognize, is atypical. A lot mm. of like our life, our lifestyle, our conversations, our views, our mindsets, our social circle, like having a podcast isn't a mm. very normal thing, you know? Yeah. Living in the house that we live in, like it isn't normal. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're in a good place, but it's all he knows. Yeah. Well, but I no, think that's weird to have, like, not weird, but like, man, oh, you didn't have a rock wall. You didn't yeah. have like a Nerf rag gun wall. You didn't <laughs> have like your own little library. Like, but I think as he starts to evolve, and like you said in your own childhood, like your 
the friends that you had at that time was like, oh, you come from Broken Home too? Cool. We just, that's what we do. Like you just understood each other and you became aware of what other kids had and didn't have. So as he gets older and has more consciousness around that, I think he will realise and he will, I guess, through the values that you guys are portraying is that he will automatically be grateful for and recognise the what he has versus just taking it for granted, I think. I don't think he's going to be, yeah, that's just how things are. I think yeah, he will like, profoundly understand that. And maybe, yeah, like, that's, you know, so. an interesting, like, you know, as a real-world example of, like, kind of coalescing a few of these things, this this Lego boat <laughs> that he wanted to show you, he bought yesterday with his mm. own money that he raised from not just doing work, um, but, like, this time it was kind of a continuation of the lesson of, like, understanding value. value. And so... Mm. He did paintings and he sold paintings to me and Vanessa and her parents and my parents and yeah, can make more money at a faster yeah. rate doing that. But also you're responsible for, you know, creating what needs to be created to get the thing that you want. And so, mm. yeah, I, I hope he doesn't take it for granted. We do really talk very consistently and regularly about like gratitude and abundance and like mm. also that like you're responsible for solving your problems and like figuring your stuff out but you can always ask for help and there's just yeah. mm. giving him the opportunity to like you know yeah like you said he know that he's considered his his opinion his you know his little mm. person is important to us and it's not all about mom and dad and mm. You know, maybe almost to a fault sometimes. I know sometimes he's like, it's always your decision. You are the boss. And I'm like, well, A, that's not true. And B, mommy and daddy do have to, like, we have to make sure you're safe. And, you know, things are. Yeah. You know, like, there has to be some balance in there. Yeah. Yeah. in the morning. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but, you know, but at the same time, like, that was not something that I got to do. And mm. to this day, I struggle with, like, being assertive and saying what I want. I don't want him to have, he certainly does not have that problem. I don't want him to have that problem. Yeah. As you get older, you discover it's like, if you don't ask for what you want there, nobody's going to give it to you. Nobody's going to like, mm. you're doing such a good job. Here's, here's the world here's on a silver here's the world, Yeah. So and that, what you do, here's well, this. and like, it's That's really, rare, right? so thinking about, yeah, like, very. Talked about difficult conversations, I think when you're an adult, asking for what you want is a difficult conversation. But if you mm. put off the skill development and the awareness for too long, then you have to learn to swim in the deep end. You have to learn yeah. how to snatch in the competitor's mm -hmm. class. You're like, well, I didn't learn how to ask when I was, you know, a teenager like a with my parents about very <laughs> basic things. But now I have to ask people with real yeah. ability to shift my life in a real direction about very big decisions and very big consequences yeah. and like man i didn't even know i didn't know how to right. ask so like, and now i've got to figure it out like at a firing squad so right. to speak like so like yeah chuck and i have had to learn how to snatch in front of like the you know business world rich froning and freaking tia like you know we're like yeah. i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> like, i'm just gonna figure it out everybody's gonna watch me flounder and and i don't want that for him and i don't think mm. that he'll have that issue it's like yeah He's giving, I, and you see, like, how many people are even in relationships, and they're like, they're unhappy because they're unfulfilled, but they've never asked for what they want, and the other person is completely clueless because they've never a, asked them what they want or considered them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's just that constant, you know, um, gap, which means no one's going to progress any further, but everyone's feeling 
you know, a bit shitty about the situation. Well, yeah. and so like, yeah, the the individual suffers as well as the group. Yeah. And I think that's something yeah. that, like we've been aware of is like, how do we both move one another forward, but also move us together forward? And how can we make decisions that are in alignment with like, there is very much so a huge piece of life that you can have your cake and eat it too. Like yep. two truths can coexist. You can solve multiple problems with one solution. Like there mm. are better ways if you're willing to do the work and figure it out, if you're willing to ask for what you want, if you're willing to ask for help. Like that's mm. what we've tried to do kind of through yeah. all of it. Um, yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's probably a good note to, uh, put a bow on this particular episode is that I wanted to share one thing with you because you'd asked yeah. like what some of the earlier messages were. And I think this is a cool thing that we probably don't revisit yeah. as often as we should, but yeah, it's Chuck and Nessa, a love story by us and what it was. It's just was all of our, when I, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I will cry so <laughs> much. <laughs> it's, it's like all Can of you our, read a simple phrase, a simple five words that really began our lifetime together. These last six months have been the best in my life. Thank you for being everything I could ever want or need. I love you, baby, always. And, uh, and so in 2008, November, and that's kind of when we had started talking a few months earlier. And I had, I guess, messaged him at 1049. And I said, I know I like you a lot. I, I know I like you a lot. And Chuck said, I know I like you. And, and then, I mean, we started talking in August. So it's four months later. And we finally were like, okay, I like you. <laughs> I kind of like you. I like you. And yeah. so that was, that was really kind of like a lot of what escalated the relationship sense. And so then like starting... Starting later that night, like I kind of documented all of our, all of our Gmail chats, the pictures that we sent. Oh, back nice. and forth and yep. Just, I don't know. Very cool. Our life, that's, like our origin story. Yeah. And that, that's going to be very cool for Liam to have, you know, down the track and in years to come. And it's just, that's just very cool. And, you know, I feel privileged to have, um, you know, a seat at your table to hear these stories and, and to see you guys even from a distance. So, you know, I think you're doing good things together and as a team and, you know, Liam's an awesome little dude. So, you know, I think we'll have plenty more of these chats, which is a, is a very good thing. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It, it means more to me than you'll ever know. Uh, these, these are awesome. All right, we will talk on the next one. See you, Liam, buddy. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another conversation with Chuck Bennington. Hope it was enjoyable for you. Hope there was some value and some benefit in it. Maybe even had a laugh or two. Even though these are primarily for me and Liam, we sure love to help a friend in need. Because it's a friend indeed. So if there was some piece of it that was good, please feel free to share it with somebody else and pay it forward. Uh, if you think what we're doing is rad and you want to support it, please just like, subscribe, share, tell a friend. Appreciate you, dudes.